the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to The Situation Report today. Very glad to have you joining me. This is the show where we do our best to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stoniker. I am your host. And as I'm sure you are aware, we are quickly coming to an election, the election of all time or the election of our time, the most important election that will ever happen. These are the phrases that people are tossing around right now. I am uh, almost 46 years old. And as long as I can remember, every election cycle has been the most important of our time, the most election, uh, most important election of our time. Uh, but certainly we are looking at a very important election. I don't think any of us would disagree with that. And, and maybe at the time, everyone was the most important of the time. But we're looking at a very important election. There are a lot of things at work. Our country is struggling in so many areas right now. And we have the opportunity to put some conservative people in place in some very key roles, all the way from school boards, a lot of uh, local elections taking place, all the way to our Congress and our um, both our House of Representatives and Senate. So a lot of good things happening. We talked about this on this show many, many times. Uh, it seems like this is the conversation people want to have right now. What's going to happen? Uh, can the Republicans take the House and the Senate? Uh, will they take one and not the other? What happens if they take both? Who are we looking at as we get closer to the presidential election in 24? How is all of that going to shake out? It's like a, uh, a drama unfolding every single day. We are experiencing a live drama in front of us. What's going to happen with Trump? What's not going to happen with him? <laughs> Who's going to run with him if he runs? Who's going to run if he doesn't? Uh, all of these questions. So many things that need to be answered. But when we consider all of that, and there is a lot to consider there, when we consider all of that, um, there are many people that can, if not uh, pushed the right direction or encouraged in the right way, can say, forget it. You put your hands up, forget it. I'm done with all of it. Uh, I'm not going to participate in this process. I'm not going to vote. I don't care anymore. What's going to happen is going to happen particularly coming off of our last uh, general election, last presidential election, where so many conversations about how the process was handled and whether or not uh, things were as they appeared to be. We've talked about this on this show as well. Uh, there are many who then conclude it doesn't matter anyhow. I'm done because of what's going on. I'm done uh, because of the rhetoric. I'm done because I just can't handle being involved in the process. Or I'm not going to participate because it really doesn't matter. And all of these are valid concerns. Uh, it's interesting to watch on the left, those on the, the political left, uh, those who are either in the media or perhaps other uh, politicians on the left, uh, screaming about how important this election is and how, if it doesn't go their way, then democracy as we know it is going to come to an end. That is um, really what's coming from that side of the aisle. But big surprise, 
That's the exact same message that's coming from the other side of the aisle. This is a very important election. If things don't go the way that we want them to as conservatives, then democracy as we know it will come to an end. Um, I am of the opinion that our democracy is much more resilient than we give it credit for. Uh, Our constitution, our democratic form of government, the way that we elect and the way that we function um, has been under assault in the past. In fact, we could go all the way back to where it is that our constitution was born from, and it was born out of revolution. We know that. Uh, It was tried from the very beginning. Uh, Constitutionally, we know there were conflicts early on with, with England that we were breaking away from. There was a civil war internally trying to divide what we understood of constitutional rights. Those things were dealt with later on in the 1800s and into then the early part of the 20th century, and then major wars and major conflicts. And this has gone on again and again and again and again throughout our history. Um, A lot of tension, a lot of pressure being put on the Constitution, questions of constitutionality uh, being debated everywhere. This is not new. What may be different now, certainly, is social media, the availability of media, the access that those who have an opinion now have to platforms that allow them to give their opinion. Um, Podcasts like this one, shows on the internet, social media, all of these things have changed the way we communicate. And that has changed in many ways the debate around what is constitutionally uh, right, what is valid, what is not, how the democracy that we live in should operate, um, who should be elected and why. These issues are all in front of us all of the time. So certainly things have changed um, No one would suggest that life right now is exactly the same as it's always been. But certainly these issues have always been present. And people have always had to stand up and push back on uh, issues, philosophies, principles that violated our Constitution. We're looking at some things now happening in our world and our culture. Again, we've talked about this a lot on this show that I think many of us did not expect uh, to see. And yet, here we are. I say all of that as a big introduction to really bring us to this point. And this is the conversation that I'd like to have. With all of that said, with the mess that we're in, and regardless of how you look at it, this is just the next iteration of what has always been. This is different. This is unique. This is bigger. It's more important. It's not important at all. With all of that, regardless of your position, what role should people of faith have in the election process? What role should people of faith have in the political arena? I know that not everyone who listens to this show would um, say that they are a Christian or they are a person of faith necessarily. I would imagine that most of the people who listen to this show would consider themselves or identify themselves as politically conservative. Most, maybe not all, but most. But even though one is politically conservative, that doesn't mean they are a person of faith. But I know that a lot of people who listen to this show, and certainly a lot of folks in our country right now who are struggling with the election and struggling with politics and struggling with um, even their, uh, their involvement in politics, are Christians and are asking the questions about how involved they should be. And that's a valid question. Um, honestly, as a Christian... 
um, as someone who is not only very conservative politically and conservative socially, uh, but who has come to those positions because I am conservative biblically as a Christian. I'm very conservative, and uh, even amongst those of faith, I would be considered conservative. I have to look at what's happening in the world and, and ask this question. How involved should I be? Uh, is it worth it? Maybe I should just step away from anything that is considered political and focus entirely on my family and on my faith and leave the rest of it alone. Should I be involved? I have in front of me several quotes on this exact topic, but they're not quotes from people who are in the arena today, so to speak. These are not quotes from popular evangelical, uh, either pastors or authors or speakers or pundits. These are quotes that go back to our founding. The first quote I have is actually from John Adams talking about this very issue. And as I've said again and again on this show, what we have to do in so many ways when trying to understand what's happening around us and trying to understand how the Constitution and our principles as Americans apply in, in the, the cultural craziness that we're living through, we have to go back to the founding. We have to go back to those who uh, really constructed the architects of this, this system that we're in Go back to what they intended. There's an entire new economy being created right now, filled with patriotic companies that have had enough of cancel culture and the left. One you can support every day, and all you have to do is get dressed. I'm talking about undertack boxers. These have to be the greatest boxers ever made, probably because they have literally been tested by special forces operators. They're made with high-quality material that's antimicrobial, anti-pilling, and moisture-wicking. So you stay fresh and dry all day long. They come with a sturdy yet comfortable waistband that doesn't crack or loosen. Undertack is durable, ultra-thin, and shrink-resistant. Here's the best part. They're almost 30% less than the woke designer brands with the non-binary models. GetUndertack.com. That's GetUndertack.com. 20% off site-wide with the offer code, but only with the offer code SITREP20. SITREP20. Support a great American company that's pro-America, pro-Second Amendment, and pro-military. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. GetUndertack.com. That's GetUndertack.com. Offer code SITREP20. To understand how all of this works and how it should work. So if you're a Christian, you're a person of faith, and you're asking, should I be involved? How involved should I be? Is it important that my voice is heard? Maybe I should focus on some other things. Uh, let me read a few quotes to you today. Maybe this will help you. I hope it will at least be an encouragement to you. Uh, John Adams wrote in the papers of John Adams. Um, it was compiled, the papers of John Adams. Um, John Adams said this, we electors have an important constitutional power placed in our hands. We have a check upon two branches of the legislature. The power, I mean, of electing a uh, stated periods, the power, I mean, of electing at stated periods each branch, it becomes necessary to every citizen then to be in some degree a statesman and to examine and judge for himself of the tendency of political principles and measures. Let us examine then with a sober a manly, and a Christian spirit. Let us neglect all party loyalty and advert to facts. Let us believe no man to be infallible or impeccable in government any more than in religion. Take no man's word against evidence, 
nor implicitly adopt the sentiments of others who may be deceived themselves or may be interested in deceiving us. That is a powerful, powerful quote. Again, that can be found in the papers of John Adams uh, by Robert J. Taylor. Um, As a founder... (laughs) As someone who looked at our political system, John Adams said, we have this power given to us, and it's an incredible, he said, important constitutional power that is placed in our hands. But then he went on to explain that every citizen needs to carefully examine facts. He said, let us examine then with a sober, a manly, and a Christian spirit. Let us neglect all party loyalty and advert to facts. Isn't that interesting? Uh, In the two-party system that we currently find ourselves in, party loyalty seems to be the most important thing. I politically identify along Republican lines, although I more and more identify myself simply as conservative. (laughs) There's so many things about the Republican Party for which I disagree Although, because we have a two-party system, um, Republicans are the ones that I most closely align to. But what does John Adams say here? He says, we need to neglect party loyalty and instead advert to facts. We need to go to the facts. We need to examine what is happening based on fact, not party loyalty. We've seen this happen even recently with some politicians or former politicians who have left their party because they had to come to the conclusion based on the facts that they no longer aligned personally with the party that they once represented. He said, let us believe no man to be infallible or impeccable uh, impeccable in government any more than in religion. Again, <laughs> he could not have known this when he wrote these words, but we are living at a time where politicians who we most closely align to or identify with, we view almost as infallible, almost as impeccable, as though they cannot make a mistake and would never lie, would never misrepresent the truth. They would never put their personal agenda above the agenda of the country that they say they represent. And John John Adams said, look, that's just not the case. John Adams. We need to take no man's word against evidence nor implicitly adopt the sentiments of others who may be deceived themselves or may be interested in deceiving us. We need to be very thoughtful. And principally, this is why this matters to Christian people. This matters to Christian people because we have a standard that is higher even than the United States Constitution. Our standard as Christian people should be, first and foremost, God's word to us that's found in the Bible and Scripture. We should desire to live our lives according to the Scripture, to view the world through the lens of the Bible. That is called having a biblical worldview. To examine the issues that are in front of us through the lens of the Bible and make decisions about what we think, what we believe, how we're going to act, and how we're going to live based on what the Bible says. That is our number one objective. In order to do that, though, we need to live in a society that allows us the freedom to do that the freedom to live out what we believe, uh, not as Americans first, but as Christians first and Americans second. And so we need to examine the evidence, examine the people who are seeking to lead our nation, those that we get to elect, and very carefully through the lens of Scripture, view the evidence that supports or does not support their claims, 
and then get behind them or move on to someone else. John Adams said we need to be very careful and very thoughtful. Another Adams, though, made a few other important statements, Sam Adams. Uh, This is found in the writings of Samuel Adams by Harry Alonso Cushing. Sam Adams, Samuel Adams said this, Let each citizen remember at the moment he is offering his vote that he is not making a present or a compliment to please an individual, or at least that he ought not so to do, but that he is executing one of the most solemn trusts in human society for which he is accountable to God and his country. That's interesting. That's powerful. Sam Adams is saying, look, your responsibility to vote is not to the person for whom you are voting. This is the time that we find ourselves in is kind of a celebrity politics time. Uh, Politicians now have become more celebrities, and so we like to get behind these politicians because they are celebrities. We get behind them, and we vote for them, in a way almost to align with them so we can be close to them because they're celebrities. Sam Adams makes this statement, we are accountable to God and country for the person or people that we vote for, that we get behind, that we attempt to push into a position of leadership. He also stated that nothing is more essential to the establishment of manners and a state than that all persons employed in places of power and trust be men of unexceptionable character. The public cannot be too curious concerning the character of public men. Again, bringing this to a place where we need to be very deliberate and very careful, not only about what politicians are saying, but about the life that they are living. Now, let me ask you this question. Is there anything more Christian (laughs) than caring first about character And second, about everything else that's happening. We like to look at the celebrity of a person and judge them based on that. We like to consider how good a person is at saying whatever it is they're saying and judge them based on that. And yet we're very much less interested in the actual character of a person. We excuse so many things that would be viewed as character flaws, character deficiencies. And we think that because they speak well or because they have some level of celebrity, that when they get into a position of power, they are going to lead well when really it's the person of character who will, when given power, (laughs) yield that power for the benefit of those constituents that put them into that place. Why is it that so many politicians fail to see their job as representing those who sent them into that position of power or political authority? Why is it that so many politicians, when they leave their homes, they leave their communities, they leave their districts and go to, in my case here in California, Sacramento, or nationally to to, uh, Washington, D.C., they forget the people that they represent? Why does that happen? Because we are so taken with how a person presents themselves, the public image, that we neglect the underlying character. But when they get away from their constituents, it is their underlying character that becomes clear. And we sit and bemoan what they're unwilling to do when it's us who put them in that position, neglecting the character, as Sam Adams says, of public men. 
as a person of faith, as a Christian, I want those who represent me to be people who don't necessarily share the same faith, the same theological views or beliefs that I do, but who, as a person of faith, lives a life that demonstrates or reflects an underlying character. Matthias Burnett was the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Norfolk. In an election sermon preached at Hartford on the day of the anniversary election, May 12, 1803. So this pastor, 1803, lived through the revolution, led through the revolution, understood the landscape and understood what was happening. He delivered a sermon. That's a novel idea, isn't it? One that a sermon in a church house that combines both what's happening culturally and politically with uh, what he believed was the truth of the Word of God. We could have a whole discussion on that. We have. <laughs> Before we jump into that, though, um, I would imagine if you've been to the grocery store recently, you've noticed that things are more expensive. Gas is more expensive. It doesn't matter where you live in this country. Things are more expensive. The economy, our economic future is uncertain. And we have to ask ourselves the question, what is it that we can do to protect our financial future for our families, for our children? What can we do personally? Uh, One of the things I would recommend is at least considering uh, adding gold and silver into your IRA, your investment accounts. Take a look, figure out how to do that, and see if that is the right fit for you. The place that you can start is with Lear Capital. Call Lear Capital, and you can get their free precious metals investor guide. You can also ask them about their Lear Advantage IRA that lets you transfer or roll over your old 401k or IRA into a gold and silver tax advantage IRA. Plus, Lear is offering right now crazy shipping, uh, free shipping, and up to $15,000 in bonus gold or silver with a qualified purchase. This is something you at least need (laughs) to take a look at. You can call for details, 800-489-6450. Lear Capital is the most rated precious metals company on consumer affairs with a near-perfect rating on Trustpilot. Call them at 800-489-6450. That is 800-489-6450. Calling that number, you will get your free kit, and there you will learn how gold has performed during periods of inflation, government debt, interest rate hikes, economic crashes, even wars, and how in all of those gold has been the financial bedrock asset in portfolios. Uh, One of the things I love about Lear Capital is that they are an American-owned company, proud to do business with Americans that share conservative values. Write this number down, 800-489-6450. Call them today, or if you don't want to call, you can click the link below in the show description and the show notes. Check them out. You will do yourself a great service by at least investigating Lear and what they have to offer. But this pastor said this. He said, consider well the important trust which God has put into your hands. To God and posterity, you are accountable for your rights and your rulers. Let not your children have reason to curse you for giving up those rights and prostrating those institutions which your fathers delivered to you. Look well to the characters and qualifications of those you elect and raise to office and places of trust. Think not that your interests will be safe in the hands of the weak and ignorant, or faithfully managed by the impious, the dissolute, and the immoral. Think not that men who acknowledge not the providence of God nor regard his laws will uncorrupt in office, firm in defense of the righteous cause against the oppressor, or resolutely oppose the torrent of iniquity, 
Watch over your liberties and privileges, civil and religious, with a careful eye. This is a pastor. And this pastor is speaking to his congregation in 1803. And as he is considering an election, he said, Don't forget that your obligation is to God. He said, God then has put this in your hands, and you are obligated not only to him, but to your posterity, those who are coming behind you, your children, and are accountable for your rights and your rulers. He says, let not your children have reason to curse you for giving up those rights and prostrating those institutions which your fathers delivered to you. He he addresses all of this as though the liberties that we have are a sacred trust that have been handed to us from our fathers, our forefathers, uh, our relatives, those who've gone before us. It's been handed to us, and now we have the responsibility to steward over that well for those who are coming behind us. You say, why should I get involved in politics? Why should I at the very least vote? Why should I use my voice to talk about what's right? Why should I be involved in the political system? Well, the answer to that largely is the answer that Pastor Burnett gave in 1803, because it is that It is your liberty, a sacred trust that's been given to you and needs to be stewarded well for those who are coming up behind you. We go back to our original set of questions in the introduction. I said a lot of people will look at what's happening in our world and say it's too overwhelming, it's too much. Or there is no integrity in our election system and so it doesn't matter. And with all of that in mind, then why should I be involved in this? I can try to steward over it well, but it doesn't matter. If your responsibility is first to God and then to your, uh, he said, posterity, your children who are coming up behind you, those future generations as we look down the road, if that's where your responsibility lies, then we need to do everything collectively we possibly can to make sure that our elections have integrity, that when someone is actually voted into office, they make it, (laughs) that one vote equals one vote for the person that is at the top of that ballot. We need to fight for election integrity. It's that important. But ultimately, we need to do the job that we have been given by God to do, even if things don't work out the way that we'd like for them to work out. One of the issues that I grapple with personally as a a father, as a husband, is that regardless of how things happen or how things turn out or the influence that I lack in so many ways. I want to be able to look my kids and someday my grandkids and maybe their kids, if I'm around long enough, (laughs) I want to be able to look them in the eye and say with integrity, I did everything that I could do. I used my voice. I used my vote. I I worked to influence others. In part, that's what this, this show is about. When I say at the top of every one of our episodes that we do our best to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture, those aren't empty words. I don't say that simply because we needed a good tagline. I say that because before we did one episode, I wanted to be clear on what we were trying to accomplish. And we do fun episodes. We talk about all kinds of stuff. We have good guests on. Not everything that happens here is serious. But ultimately, I want this to be an opportunity for us to come together Look at the issues of the day, 
do our very best to understand because we bring experts on and we have good conversations and we get the information and perspectives we need so that we can navigate an ever-changing culture, not for ourselves, but for that generation coming up behind us. There are some people, frankly, that just don't have it in them to even try to navigate an ever-changing culture. They allow culture to navigate them, to change around them, to work around them, and they just get in line. We need to be different than that. I want this to be a platform that is different than that, a place where we can come together and figure some things out. But that's what elections allow us to do. It allows us to stand up and use our voice to whatever end we can use it to vote so that we can look those future generations in the face and say, I did everything I could. Maybe we'll be saying, I did everything I could, and I'm glad I did. Maybe we'll be saying, I did everything I could, and this hasn't turned out the way that I hoped it would. But in all of it, we have a responsibility. It's amazing that a pastor in 1803 talked about the responsibility his congregation had to those that they elected into office. I'm thankful for good pastors and good churches in our nation. Um, It doesn't take much to find conversations from pundits about how churches should be doing more and pastors should be doing more. We could have that argument, that conversation. But certainly, Christian leaders need to be encouraging Christian people to do everything they can to truly be the salt and light in this world. And a big part of that is, with integrity, electing people of character into office who can lead us. Frederick Douglass, you're familiar with, of course, uh, an incredible person, (laughs) Um, a black leader at a time when there were very few black leaders, Uh, extremely influential in the lives of people like Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War, Uh, a strong voice for truth, a strong voice for what was right. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Frederick Douglass, you can find this in the Frederick Douglass Papers by John Blassingame. He said, I have one great political idea. That idea is an old one. It is widely and generally assented to. Nevertheless, it is very generally trampled upon and disregarded. The best expression of it I have found in the Bible. It is in substance, righteousness exalteth a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. That's from Proverbs 14.34. He went on, this constitutes my politics. The negative and positive of my politics and the whole of my politics, I feel it my duty to do all in my power to infuse this idea into the public mind that it may speedily be recognized and practiced upon by our 
people. That's amazing. Frederick Douglass was a man who was in so many ways at the the tip of the spear (laughs) of emancipation, of freeing slaves in the United States. So influential among politicians who eventually would uh, put the uh, policies and the laws in place to free slaves in the United States. He's speaking in 1852. I mean, think about what was happening in 1852. He's speaking as a former slave and now a free man. And he said, here's my politics. Let me sum it up for you. And then he quotes the Bible, Proverbs 14, 34. Righteousness exalteth a nation, and sin is a reproach to any people. Let me ask you a question. If Christian people are unwilling to stand up for truth then how can we hang on to the idea and ideal of righteousness that exalts a nation? There is sin around us. Our culture has become perhaps more sinful culturally than at any time in the past in the United States. Things happening right now, things that are allowed right now in the public arena that at one time um, would have been deemed illegal and extremely immoral, (laughs) We've talked about a lot of these things on this show. We've had guests on who have uh, helped us work through some of the, the, the sinful practices that are happening culturally and accepted culturally. But if Christians don't stand up for right and righteousness, then where does our country end up? Again, we could say, well, it doesn't matter. It, There won't be much influence. Nothing much will change. I wonder if Frederick Douglass had anyone say that to him in 1852. I wonder if he ever had to deal with the voices that said, what you're saying and what you're doing is right, but it doesn't matter. Of course he did. (laughs) But he didn't care. Because he viewed as his job, his role as a Christian to do everything he could to change the extreme ills of the day. Charles Finney was another preacher. He was an evangelist. In the book, Lectures on Revivals of Religion, quoting from a lecture that Charles Finney, the revivalist, the preacher, gave in 1868, The time has come that Christians must vote for honest men and take consistent ground in politics or the Lord will curse them. Now, (laughs) one thing preachers did back in the olden days, they don't do as much anymore. They use very strong language. Uh, The Lord will curse them is very strong language. He, He went on, Christians have been exceedingly guilty in this matter, but the time has come when they must act differently. Christians seem to act as if they thought God did not see what they do in politics. What a powerful sentence that is. But I tell you, he does see it. And he will bless or curse this nation according to the course they, Christians, take in politics. Charles Finney, as he speaks here, lays down what I am fundamentally trying to communicate and doing a poor job of compared to these others. He's saying to Christians, look, the outcome is less important than doing what is right before God. He says that Christians act in politics as though God doesn't see what we do, who we vote for, 
what we get behind. And yet, certainly he does. And it's God who blesses, or doesn't. Will God bless a nation in spite of the challenges of an electoral system that doesn't always work, an election system that doesn't always work, votes that are not always counted, uh, corruption and power? Can God work in the midst of that? Is he bigger than all of that? Of course he is. And God responds to the righteous acts of his people. My pillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale and Giza Dream bed sheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they are all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-870-0283. Use the promo code SITREP or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code SITREP. Charles Finney was doing his best to call the Christians of this nation to a standard, the standard of pleasing God first and allowing the outcome to be whatever it was going to be. We need to get back to that place. One final quote I'll share with you is from Alexander Hamilton. The papers of Alexander Hamilton, you can find this quote. A share in the sovereignty of the state, which is exercised by the citizens at large, in voting at elections is one of the most important rights of the subject and in a republic ought to stand foremost in the estimation of the law. Remember, our founders were coming from a system where they did not have a vote. In fact, the revolution largely was about living out those rights declared in the Declaration as given by God those rights that cannot be taken away by man, given to us by God. <laughs> Our founders fought, and many of them died, to give us the right to self-determination and self-governance. That happens when we get involved in the process of electing, and in many cases, becoming politicians of character. A share in the sovereignty of the state, which is exercised by the citizens at large, in voting at elections is one of the most important rights of the subject, and in a republic ought to stand foremost in the estimation of the law. I could go through quote after quote after quote from those who were on the front end of this thing we call the United States, who had very clear ideas and ideals about what they were trying to form, what they were structuring, what they were putting in place. And in so many ways, coming out of a, a monarchy or a dictatorship, they wanted to put the power of the government in the hands of the citizen. A radical idea. And here we are today, 
dealing with some of the greatest challenges in our nation's history. And so many of the citizens are saying, I don't want to be a part. Should Christians be involved in politics? Should Christians vote? If we believe that the rights given to us by God were indeed given by God, and that we need to live in a a society, a system, that gives us the freedom to be who God created us to be, to live out what we believe he wants us to live out, to raise our families the way that he wants us to raise our families, to make decisions that are in line with him and his word. If we believe that, then we must get involved in electing the right people, in supporting the right people, people of character, who can preserve what generations of Americans have given their lives to earn. I'm thankful for those who have gone before us. I'm thankful for the rights that we have as Americans. And even in times as troubling as these, times when a lot of us have questions, questions about the process, questions about the people that are running for office, questions about the integrity of our system, so many questions. As Christians, we need to believe that God is bigger than all of that. That God's will will be done. And that our responsibility is to vote and act in line with his word to us. I hope that is a help and an encouragement to you. It's so important that we go back to the beginning and we ask the real questions about what was intended by those who put this thing together, (laughs) this thing we call the United States of America. I'm thankful for our country, as imperfect as it is, but I know that the only way we will continue to be what God has divinely allowed us to be as a nation is when Christian people, people of faith, people of character, stand up and say, we're not going that way. We're going this way. And we're going to do it by putting the right people in place. Get involved in the process. Uh, We have an election coming up that is very important, whether it's the most important of our time, the most important in our country, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how you'd even judge that. But it is certainly very important. And we need to be involved. Thank you for listening to this. Always uh, very grateful for you joining us. And I would ask you, if you're not yet subscribed to this podcast, to take some time and subscribe. You need to be subscribed so that you are uh, given this information, given this podcast. You have access to this as soon as it comes out a couple times a week. We're putting new content out and want to make sure that is given directly to you, dropped right on your podcast platform of choice. So make sure you're subscribed, share the content out with others. That would be fantastic. Let them know that you are listening to a great podcast and they need to jump in on that as well. And that would be great. You can also find this and other uh, great content on our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search for The Situation Report. You'll find this and many, many other episodes that uh, we have so many great conversations and great guests and cover uh, a lot of topics. And one of the goals, again, of the show is to provide the information you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. And the reason we have a YouTube channel is to provide an archive of those conversations. So please check that out. And that would be fantastic. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. 
This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.